You're listening to Madison Votes, the City of Madison Clerk's Office podcast, where we give you an inside look into the voting process and empower you, the Madison voter, with the information you need to feel confident about exercising your right to vote. Our goal at the City Clerk's Office is to ensure every voter in Madison is able to cast a ballot and have that ballot counted. Join us and take a crucial step toward becoming an informed voter right here on Madison Votes. Welcome to the Madison Votes 2020 podcast series. My name is Thomas and I am a Wisconsin certified municipal clerk and one of 10 team members in the Madison City Clerk's Office and we all help facilitate the right to vote for the City of Madison. We are producing this podcast series to answer questions we frequently hear from voters with the kind help of Madison City Channel. This podcast episode will focus on dispelling myths about voting. And boy, are there some interesting ones. So joining me today is our city clerk, Mary Beth. Welcome. Thank you, Thomas. It's good to be here. So we have seen a lot of misinformation about voting on social media, and we've spoken to a lot of voters who have questions about some voting misconceptions. I had a voter recently literally tell me, then the internet told me this. So (laughs) let's try to clarify things for City of Madison voters. One of the myths we've heard a lot recently is that voters need to put two stamps on their absentee envelope. Actually, the city clerk's office has already put first-class postage on your absentee return envelope. As long as you are mailing the ballot within the United States, no postage is necessary on the part of the voter. If we required voters to put postage on their absentee envelopes, that would be like a poll tax. So it's provided by the city. Excellent. We often have voters ask us whether absentee ballots are only counted when the contest results are close. We count all absentees on election day before we run the results. Your absentee ballot will be processed at your polling place on election day. It gets fed into the same tabulator that is counting ballots cast at the polls. When the unofficial results are posted on the county clerk's website on election night, those results are for both absentee ballots and ballots that were cast in person. Okay. We recently have received calls from voters asking about the signature they have on file with our office. And that's probably because there are some states that compare voter signatures on absentee envelopes to signatures on file. But in Wisconsin, we do not analyze voter signatures. Our voters do not need to worry about how age or arthritis may have affected their signature. That is reassuring. And um, a voter I talked to, that's exactly what they were concerned about. So um, what about the myth that you can request an absentee ballot over the phone? We need a paper trail. Uh, You can request an absentee ballot online at myvote.wi.gov, or you can send an email message to voting at cityofmadison.com to request an absentee ballot. Be sure to include your name, voter registration address, and your mailing address if different. Otherwise, you could send us a note to request an absentee ballot. And just like a request sent via email, you would include your name, voter registration address, and your mailing address. And some voters have asked us about whether they qualify 
to get an absentee ballot? I just answered this question about five minutes ago. <laughs> In Wisconsin, you do not need an excuse to vote absentee. As long as you are registered to vote, you may request an absentee ballot. You don't need to give us a reason for voting absentee. In fact, you can vote absentee just because it is convenient for you. And then we sometimes get questions about whether absentee ballots are secret ballots. Yes. When our poll workers process absentee ballots, they take five absentee envelopes to the poll books at a time. Once the envelopes are checked into the poll books, they open the envelopes and remove the ballots. They completely separate the ballots from the envelopes, so they don't know who marked which ballot. And then they feed the ballots into the tabulator to be counted. So there really is no way to identify which voter marked which of those ballots. Exactly. The fact that you voted is a public record, but the way you marked your ballot is anonymous. There is nothing on the ballot to indicate who marked that ballot. And then every so often we hear from a voter asking to request an absentee ballot for somebody else. And we need the request to come from the voter. If multiple people in a household want to send us a letter requesting absentee ballots, they should include all of their names and all sign the request but an individual can't send us a request that says, send five ballots to my household. So what about voting by proxy, same? You cannot delegate your right to vote to someone else in Wisconsin, not even to someone who has power of attorney. Okay. And we have received some inquiries about whether your ballot will be invalidated if you do not vote for every single office on the ballot. And as a voter, you could choose to vote for only certain offices on the ballot, for every office on the ballot, or for nothing at all on the ballot. We will process your ballot regardless. If you select candidates for only an office or two, those candidates will each receive your votes. If you return a completely blank ballot, no candidates will receive any votes from your ballot, but will still process it. Mm. It's completely up to you. Okay. So let's move on to some myths about uh, voter registration. There are groups sending out registration forms to voters who have already registered to vote. And voters are assuming those forms came from us, and they're assuming there is a problem with their voter registration. It's so confusing. Mm -hmm. Those mailings do not come from the clerk's office, but many people think that the clerk's office must have sent the mailing because it provides the clerk's office address for returning the voter registration form. If you receive a mailing from a group like the Voter Participation Center suggesting that you need to register to vote, but you believe you've already registered, please check your voter registration status at myvote.wi.gov. And we've heard from voters who believe they registered to vote at the DMV. That's probably because voter registration is available at the DMV in other states. We do not have voter registration at the DMV in Wisconsin because we have voter registration available at the polls on election day. Mm -hmm. So we'd encourage voters to verify their registration at myvote.wi.gov. 
We also hear from voters who believe they must have updated their voter registration when they provided the post office with their change of address. And voter registration is not tied to the change of address form at the post office either. And then we hear from some voters uh, that they're already registered to vote, to vote, they just need to update their address. And updating your voter registration address actually requires a new registration form, so it's the same process. Yeah. And then there's a perception often that your voter registration is affiliated with a particular political party. And that is true in some states, but not in Wisconsin. The clerk's office has no record of your political preferences. Now, we have heard from some voters asking whether their mail carrier will be able to figure out their political party based on their absentee ballot mailing label. Not at all. Your voter registration and absentee ballot label are not affiliated with a political party. So you prove your address when you register to vote. So voters often logically assume that an insurance document can be used to prove their address. That would be logical, but we are limited to the types of documents that are specified in state statutes. Wisconsin law does not include insurance documents as an acceptable way to prove your address when you're registering to vote. You can, however, use a utility bill, a bank statement, a paycheck, or a government document. Yeah, we've spoken to some voters who are trying to figure out what to bring to the polls as proof of their address but they were already registered to vote at their current address. And once you register to vote at a new address, your address has already been proven. You don't need to prove your address again at the poll book. You are only presenting a voter ID at the poll book. So in terms of voter ID, there is a perception out there that your voter ID needs to show your current address. The address on your ID has nothing to do with proving your identity. At the poll book, the poll workers are checking that the ID is an acceptable type of ID, that the expiration date is okay, the name reasonably conforms to the name on the poll book, and that the photo, photo looks like the voter. It does not matter if the address on your ID is outdated. And speaking of expiration dates, uh, some people believe that your voter ID cannot be expired. But there are four types of ID that are acceptable as long as they expired after the last November election. A voter can use a Wisconsin driver license, a Wisconsin ID card, a U.S. passport, or a military ID as long as it expired after November 6th of 2018. An ID from a federally recognized Native American tribe in Wisconsin can be used regardless of its expiration date. So to clarify and just reinforce, um, you said the grace period for a Wisconsin license, Wisconsin ID, passport, or military ID is that it has to have expired after November 6th, 2018. Um, by election day, that's really just about two years ago. That's right. That grace period stays the same through this November election. And after our election this November, the grace period will move to the date of this November election and remain the same for two years. Okay. We also have voters who have moved to Wisconsin from other states. 
and they have yet to switch to a Wisconsin driver license or, or ID card. So they logically assume that their ID from another state can be used to prove their identity at the polls. And that would be logical, but <laughs> under Wisconsin's voter ID law, a license or ID issued by a state other than Wisconsin is not acceptable as voter ID. So what about Wisconsin driver license or ID cards that say not valid for federal purposes? That disclaimer is not referring to federal elections. There is no requirement that your Wisconsin ID meet the requirements of the Federal Real ID Act in order to be used as voter ID. And if the voter told you that you have a non-compliant ID, which sounds pretty scary. Actually. It does, and they'll really stress that at the DMV if you are not getting a federal real ID. But that has to do with boarding airplanes and entering federal buildings. It does not affect your right to vote or the validity of your Wisconsin ID at the polls. So sometimes eligible voters choose to not go to the polls because they're just simply unsure if their ID will be acceptable. Please don't let uncertainty about your ID keep you home from the polls. If you do not have an acceptable ID, you can always cast a provisional ballot at the polls on election day. You then have until 4 p.m. the Friday after the election to get a copy of an acceptable ID to the clerk's office. And there is a perception that felons permanently lose their right to vote. And that is not true in Wisconsin. Once somebody has been convicted of a felony and completes all the terms of their sentence, including probation, parole, or extended supervision, they can once again register and vote. Once they're off paper, their voting rights are restored. And then another question we get is whether people who are experiencing homelessness lose their right to vote. But you don't need a traditional street address in order to be eligible to vote. They would just designate a location they intend to return to each day and may use a letter from an agency providing services to the homeless as their proof of address. So what if someone is evicted from their home? That does not take away their right to vote. They might not have enough time to establish residency at a new location for 28 days before election day, but they could vote from their previous address even if they had been evicted from that address. They'd have established residency prior to election day. Okay. And if someone moves um, to a nursing home or a care facility? If the voter intends to return to their previous address, they can continue voting from that previous address. Otherwise, they could register to vote at their nursing home address. In Wisconsin, residency for voter registration is based on voter intent. So we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, what if students in residence halls are sent home like they actually were in March. That does not take away their right to vote. So again, residency for voter registration is based on voter intent. Okay, and now here's, and this is an interesting one, it's a, it's a myth about voter eligibility. We sometimes get calls to notify us that someone's usually elderly parent shouldn't be voting anymore because they have been diagnosed with dementia. And only a judge can declare that someone is no longer competent for voting. 
Your adult children do not have the right to determine whether you are eligible to vote. So, and I know there are a few myths about poll workers, too, so let's move on to a few of those. Who do you need to know to work at the polls? You don't need to know anyone. You can just sign up by going to cityofmadison.com EO. You will meet a lot of wonderful people when you do work at the polls, though. Could you address the myth that poll workers are volunteers? You can volunteer to work at the polls, but most poll workers choose to be paid. And the day after the election, what does it mean if the MyVote website does not indicate that your absentee ballot was counted? Your participation in the November 3rd election may not show up on the MyVote website until December. We need to manually go through every single poll book to update the voter registration or voter participation history for every voter. And that process takes us several weeks. So literally every voter is entered by hand. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for helping clear up some of these myths and misconceptions about voting. Thank you, Thomas. That's our episode today on Madison Votes. Thank you for listening and taking steps to learn more about the voting process in Madison. For more information, head over to our clerk's office website at cityofmadison.com clerk, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MadisonWIClerk. We're always here for you to ensure that Madison votes. Thank you.